You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 42nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes in Gainesville, Florida, joined by the two greatest dudes in the world who I can now see on Skype video call, Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts, and little guy Matt Allen in Minneapolis, and they're both giving me the bird. This is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yep. Hello. What, what else do you do with Skype video? I'm not sure. Uh, pretty much we, it. We could quickly turn this into chat roulette, I'm sure. <laughs> mm. oh. oh. So, Super Bowl Sunday, but really for us bike nerds, it's all about cross world championships. And it was the attack of the van on top of the podium. We have Matthew Vanderpool joined by Voot Van Art and Lars Vanderhaar. I'm sure I totally mispronounced those names, but results nailed them all really well. (laughs) Actually nailed it. Yeah, stuck it. Um, So I'll, I'll share my opinion on the race first was that I thought it was extremely boring and one of the worst cyclocross world championships I've watched in the last five or six years that I've been watching these things. So I didn't enjoy the race at all. I didn't think it was at all entertaining. At all? Yeah, it was a little bit of a letdown. I wouldn't say at all. The last lap was good. The battle for second place was fun to watch. Did you see? Yeah, like, while it was was coming back the whole time, it was great. Like, I thought thought there was no way he was going to catch Vandahar even, and then he caught him, and then he dropped him. Well, let's not no. forget about my boy Kevin Powell still getting a strong fourth place. It was fun watching, but I, mm. I just, I, after watching that women's race the day before, and really yeah. getting to see an awesome race, I so maybe it was just going to be a letdown no matter what. But that women's race was fantastic. It was. It was a much better race to watch. But I, I feel like that's kind of the 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 regular thing. These races get built up so much, and then what what choice does it have but to be a letdown? I mean, if you know that women's race, what I'm getting to is PFP of France, French cyclocross. Spencer, aren't you excited? Takes. The, I am uh, very take, excited. I'm very takes, excited. Takes the, uh, the win took, over Kant. In a exactly. Two up sprint with Marianne Voss, 15 seconds back. So that was an awesome race to watch too. Katarina Nash was involved in her home course. Uh, it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, Katarina was kind of my pick, actually, uh, for the win, and she had a great race, but suffered some crashes on that last lap that really kind of took her out of contention, which is a, a little bit of a bummer, but hey, that's racing. It looked like a good, a good. it, it was one of the best races I've seen in a while. Um, I don't know if I'd call it the best, but it was definitely one of the best, you know. I was really excited to see it, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I think it was tough for the men to follow that up. The, the upside on the men's race is that that entire podium is what less is 23 years old or younger. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. So there, there's definitely a future unless these guys get gobbled up and we never see them in cyclocross again, which is also a, a very real possibility. Well, I got to say, it's also, it's a big deal for Danish cycling, you know, because um, the Danes just, I don't think they'd ever had two guys on the podium, much less one before. So um, I know results point might, not agree with that, but I think really big deal for Danish cycling. 
Mm. <laughs> Wait a second. <clears throat> Are they Danish? No, they're Dutch. The Dutch. We claim they were oh, Danish. Gotcha. At another episode. Right. Yeah, I get it. It was like a joke within a, within a problem. <laughs> gotcha. Within and, a podcast. So. Um, that, was, that was deep. Yeah, we're going to have to go. I'm going to have to rewind this when I listen to it a few times yes. to make sure you got that right. So the, uh, minds. Really wrap my head around the whole thing, you know? One of the stories that came out of this race was from the women's race or out of the weekend is uh, San Kant. Sane Kant. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, someone can hold on, hold there. on. I just spilled water on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, it went. Hold on. It went in one of the drivers. Hold on. <laughs> this is definitely going in the blooper reel after the. <laughs> this is really good because uh, if, if the computer works at the end of this, it can go in the blooper reel. But <laughs> okay. Seems uh, fine. All right. This is Sarah Goff, U.S. Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. And after 10 minutes of solid drama of watching little guy clean up his own miniature oil Val- or Exxon Valdez spill of water on his computer, we're back. <laughs> yeah, little guy just put yeah, some rice never on gave it. Out it it'll be stuff. fine. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. This is a good plan. It's probably better than the towel I've been using, but um, I think we're okay. No, no problem so far. So, okay. gentlemen, uh, let's get back to it. Um, San Kant, Sane Kant, I don't know how to pronounce her name, and for that I am deeply um, indebted to the entire Belgian world, was complaining about part-time cyclocross racers degrading the sport, much like our friend Craig Etheridge of single speed fame a few weeks ago. So it seems like this is the new trend. Um, how do you guys uh, feel about her feelings towards PFP and Marianne Voss. Uh, I thought it came off as a little, little, little sad <laughs> and whiny, and just—I mean, you know—it's not—it's not a good thing to to be a poor loser like that. But I can understand you're frustrated, but you should probably not say anything when you just lose a race. That should be right. a rule. I would—I would say uh, to her, I would say did. Did Voss and PFP not race the road all year? Like, were they just yeah. sitting around not racing? Like, I don't know what she's talking about when she says they haven't raced as much as she has. You know, I understand she raced the the World Cups schedule, but it's not like those those other racers weren't you know putting the same or obviously more amount of work uh, all year than than she was, and uh, they definitely, yeah. you know. Uh, it's just a weird argument, you know. Um, well, she did put up, uh, she did put up like an apology tweet about this, yeah. like still congratulating PFP for winning, but more doing it like, "Hey, I feel kind of bad because I worked so hard and only got second. And all yeah, I wanted to one say of those... is, she definitely won the hair game on the podium. Her hair is fantastic. Oh, I'm a no. huge fan. Huge fan. No, you would be. I've seen your hair. I can see it right now, dude. But it's parted the other way. <laughs> So, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I I I agree. I'm not yeah, obviously first and third at the uh, women's race. There had a busy busy summer, but crushing you, people. But they were still racing cyclocross during the year, and that's what I kind of don't understand the argument. It's not like they just showed up for one race and then won it. I mean, well, PFP I think her has been racing they, bunny hopping. I mean, we've we've seen the 
the they did an abbreviated schedule, you know. I think that was that's the argument. Schedules. They were able to be fresh and show which, me the money. Obviously, obviously, she could do too if she wanted to. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If her if her goal was to do to win the World Cup title, then she did it right. You know, she raced all the World Cups. If her goal yeah. is to win Worlds, then maybe you can't win the World Cup and win Worlds. You know, maybe it's not set up that way. Um, yeah. So. Those are the, the the two big races at the World Championships. Other things of note, and I'm sure people will want to give shout-outs to other top uh, racers in the U23s and the juniors, Gage Hecht, uh, heartbreaking fourth-place finish um, where he looked like for, for sure to be able to get on the podium, but he had that uh, chain catastrophe with all the mud can, on the last Can corner. we talk about how awesome that kid is, though? Did you read his post-race interviews? Yeah. That yeah, kid no. is yeah. – is worthy of mention, you know, like he finished fourth. It was like you said, a heartbreaking ride. Like, you know, he was gunning for it and he was attacking and it was, it was really good racing. And, and he didn't do the whole bummer speech that we heard uh, so recently from Etheridge and from Sonicant and, and, you know, kind of any masters racer out there. Um, you know, he was like, it was a great race, you know, yeah, stuff happens. I had a, I had a great time. We were beating each other up and I can't wait to do it again. That was, yeah. you know, it was no yeah. no sour grapes at all, and that kid deserves a lot of credit for that. He does, and that I mean, you're absolutely right. That reading that report, it seemed that he was willing to take it all in because he did have, you know, what he did win a junior World Cup race. I mean, he's definitely got the pedigree to be a top racer in that category, and he knows that he very well could have been a um, the winner. But uh, yeah, you know, although the Danish guy. <laughs> looked like a complete beast that won that junior race doing all the uh the big bunny hopping and he was um at least twice the height of me um so spencer thanks for bringing that up the other two uh thing or two things of racers of note johnny page top finished american um yes he, he did put 20, out a uh, 23rd yeah did uh well it was great to see johnny uh doing well there and then zach mcdonald the last place on the lead lap Coming across the start finish line in the full Superman chest on the um, saddle, the only thing that would have made that better was if he was taking a beer hand up across the finish line. That that was very very good. Uh, that would have made him the last rider disqualified. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, and then the the big announcement as far as news is women U twenty three will now have a world championship race, which is very exciting. About time. Uh, Continued steps yeah, in the right direction awesome. across the board. Hopefully, junior women um, will be next after that. And then uh, Cyclocross World Cup. And this was uh, something uh, that should also be noted is that Cross Vegas now will be the first round of the Cross World Cup on that Wednesday night there in Vegas, which mm -hmm. I'm a little surprised. I mean, it is a great race, but it is kind of strange. There's like no asphalt weird. in that race. There's, uh, it's a grass crit. But um, yeah. obviously, yeah, maybe a lot have of, to change the course up. There's a lot of money there, and I don't think they can change the course up because I don't know how they could do it knowing the grounds there. But it will be exciting to see a cross World Cup there. It's Vegas, don't they? Yeah. Just want to they want to pave everything anyway. Why don't they just put a road through the middle of it? Well, well they, they just did. put a casino in it. They do have that ramped wall thing of wood that's uh you know probably as close as you can get to uh, asphalt. Yeah, That's it. They'll have, they'll have like a, a really long a, ramped bankment. 
Will there be beer? Will there be beer thrown? And will Lars Vanderhaar show up? He said he wasn't going to show up because of the beer last year. So now he has to show up because he wants to win the World Cup. That's dumb. Yeah, Um, it's exciting that there's one in the U.S., but I'm not excited that it's in Vegas because that's the dumbest race in America. It it really kind of is. I mean, it's got a lot of jokey. Elm Creek is the worst race in America, but well, nobody else goes to that but you. So it's a Cross World Cup in Vegas, and then. The Saturday or the Sunday directly after, there's a brand new Cyclocross World Cup race in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, being promoted by the guys behind Mount Sa- the Mount St. Anne uh, World Cup mountain bike race and the World Championship mountain bike race that's been held there before. So good promotion pedigree, but still a race that we do not know much about that is now a cross World Cup. Wait, so I, I have a question then. So hasn't in years past it's been Vegas, and then sometimes the next weekend it's like Starcross, which is usually UCI, isn't it? And no, then it's, it's usually then the other way. Ago. It's usually Starcross in uh, Washington State, yeah, and then it goes to Vegas on Wednesday, and then it would and go to like, Madison. Madison. Now, so does that mean Madison won't be able to happen that Sunday then? No, Madison is so now applying for a separate weekend. Have you guys have you guys looked at the schedule at all that was released because it's insane. They released the schedule already? Yeah. For next year's so, American? No. Yeah. Little, little guy, you are so a the U- World resident Cup UCI Vegas. racer. You need to know these things. And then on Wednesday. And then a World Cup in Montreal on Saturday, which already is – I don't think Europe understands how far apart those two places are. It's uh, just to a six-hour plane ride. And the mechanics and everything else. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. And the following weekend is the Road World Championships in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, that's true. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, not to mention the NCC crit in downtown Boston here, uh, the Mayor's Cup. Um, there's all kinds of stuff all happening right in there. And Gloucester is usually in that, in that time period too. Um, so Gloucester yeah. was going to be on the same weekend as the road world championships and they moved. Um, so they're in a totally different spot on the calendar to not conflict with road worlds. Um, and Trek cup is also moved uh, somewhere else on the calendar. Um, it got published with them being in the same date, but they tweeted out that they had requested a different date and they thought it was wrong. And I, I didn't follow up on that to see, um, where that actually went, but uh, there's all kinds of chaos happening uh, with the calendar. Mm-hmm. So Holy Week in New England is different than usual. Uh, Trek Cup maybe in a different place. Jingle Cross moved back a week. Uh, they're into December now. What? Um, all kinds of stuff is happening. So it, the cup Wait, Jingle the, Cross is in December. Yeah, Post the whole Thanksgiving? schedule. The schedule is very interesting, and the C ones and the C twos are all changing around. Um, so it's going to cause a lot of chaos for all, a lot of elite racers and a lot of amateurs fishing for points. Ah, it's, uh, it causes trouble for me because I like to have, uh, the cinnamon rolls around Thanksgiving. And if Jingle Cross comes back, that means I don't get the cinnamon rolls for a couple more weeks. And sure. I can only go so many weeks without the cinnamon rolls before my power levels dip. So mm-hmm. cyclocross calendar is all messed up. The big thing that poked uh, that stuck out for me, uh, what you just said, Spencer, is that the uh, Boston Mayor's Cup is the same weekend as the 
<laughs> it's the same weekend as Montreal. Yeah, and because of that, that's Meyerson's last race on the road, correct? Is the, it is. The boss, so, you know, it's going to be kind of a shame that he can't go to the World Cup that's right up the road from something that he helped grow here in the United States. Obviously not to race, but to, you know, go watch and experience. Sure. Um, you know, I, I mean, he's a professional. He's going to race the road, but uh, I think he's more bummed that uh, the whole city of Boston's going to be up in Montreal instead of at his graduation party from being a professional racer. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's get uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back in just a second with the rest of the podcast. I am Jake Wells. Listen to Slow Ride Podcast. All right, we're back. And with just being back like ourselves, road season is here. Tour de San Louis, Tour Down Under. And, um, yeah, so lots of excitement from races we don't even care about. So, little guy, take it away. Well, we were talking about this, how we didn't really care about any of these races. And um, I was noticing, like, arch uh, enemy of the podcast, Alejandro Valverde, already winning races, already bumming us out with his quality early season form. So I was thinking the three of us should all pick a rider, kind of a dark horse, kind of a random rider that not many people would think about or not some big, great pro and – uh pick our writer to click for the year and we can kind of follow them all year and see which one of us is an idiot and which one of us knows what they're talking about. So I like this. I like this idea. Yeah. So do we want to pick like a sprinter and a climber kind of thing or what are you thinking? No, I was, I was thinking we all one random rider that we think is going to have a good year, you know, doesn't have to be anything that way. That way I, I'm hoping for that in a week or two. Uh, none of our writers have done anything, and we get to be on here arguing whether or not uh, my writer getting 23rd is better than the fact that your writer got 34th in something else. <laughs> like, that's what I want. I want us to just be just just arguing about the dumbest okay. things. All and right. I think that's what our listeners want. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. I think so. So um, okay. I'll go first. I, I have a writer that's not – I was thinking of a writer that's not a super dark horse for the season, but I was thinking uh, Tim Wellens. Over the lotto, I think is gonna have a wait, wait, ama- wait. Which which lotto? Lotto, 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 lotto of lotto the Belgian lottos. Lotto no. jumbo or lotto lotto jumbo bello, with the balls? Bello lotto bello. So do- what are they now? Lotto soul 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 something. Soul okay. dead. So you have okay. this guy. What's his name? Tim Wellens. I think Tim he's Wellens. gonna have a good year. I think he's gonna crush whoever you guys think is gonna have a good year. Mm. Hands well, down. Who do you got, Spencer? Um, I don't know if he's a dark horse, uh, but I think the guy to watch in uh, in professional cycling this year, who's going to have more of a break, is Wilco uh, Kelderman on the uh, on the Lotto Jumbo. Team. Oh, the Lotto Jumbo! So well, that's, got, he's obviously going to have a good season. So you've that's got true. Two lotto picks. Um, I actually have uh, two dark horses to watch. Number one. Two Car- Carlos Betancourt. What? Carlos Betancourt is coming back. He has the the capability of two fantastic cyclists inside and his has body. Has anybody seen seen him this year yet? It, like a photo or anything? That's why Betancourt is a um, dark, dark, true dark, dark, dark horse. Dark, 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 Carlos Betancourt of AG2R. 
And then my other one, based strictly on looks, is the brand new Namibia national champion, Dan Craven, with that full beard from Europe car. He did the Vuelta last year. This is going to be my dark horse. I don't even like Team Europe car, but Dan Craven, oh, it's going to be fantastic. So you're going, with, you're going with beards and size. Yes. Spencer's going with quality, and I'm going with futile attacks. Yes. And I right. will, that's good. And I really Spencer's won already, even though yes. I only picked two names, I've got three riders. Mm. My, uh, I had a sprinter pick cause I didn't know what you were, what you were thinking. I um, yeah. I don't know what you're doing. So I was trying to Who's think of, uh, of a sprinter. That's not, you know, Kittle, Greipel, Cav, like the guys we think of Buhani, uh, who have been winning sprints, you know, one of those guys in the next row. Um, mm-hmm. But I think actually with the team change, uh, with Cannondale folding, um, uh, Viviani moved to Sky. I think he's yeah. going to have a really good season. I think he's going to be uh, more of a contender for the podiums than uh, than he has in the past. You'll be right. I think he finished. I think he got a second place already this week. Did in he? One of those nice. early um, Majorca Challenge races or something that where Valverde already cemented his role as the baddest guy. In the land. I don't okay. even know if Betancourt's touched a bike yet, but I still have faith. <laughs> really, we need to find some uh, photos. If we should we should just put that out to all our oh. listeners. If anyone has a 2015 photo of Carlos Betancourt, we will pay top dollar uh, for that for that stuff. Like, like for those literally dollars. Yeah. Top dollar. <laughs> like the dollar that's on the top of the stack of dollars that we have at the Slow yep. Ride Podcast. Yep. I would, uh, I would also like to throw in, since Kelderman's kind of a, you know, he's a known quantity um, and we want yeah. kind of dark horses, I'd like to see uh, uh, my guy Francis Moray have a good road year. Um, That'd be nice. So I'd like to put him out there. Uh, That'd be nice. Well, we'll, you know, we'll, he wasn't too good at Worlds, which I think bodes well for the Spring Classics. He's maybe coming does. down on the cross form, peeking back up on the road form. Yep. So... Yeah. You know, speaking of peaking and going up and down, uh, Peter Sagan uh, got an. We got an email from Alex Hutchinson, who is a uh, rider down here in southwestern Florida. Uh, races a lot of the Florida cyclocross races. Actually, an author. Is that the handle? Is that the yeah, handle? Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's down near Fort Myers. Uh, uh, Alex Hutchinson. He wrote. He's written a book, short stories about mountain bikes called Twisted Trails. You can look it up on Amazon, but he sent us his email. He says, I have a prediction for the 2015 season concerning Peter Sagan. I believe that this will be a bad year for him for two reasons. The first is that he was at the peak of their con- of his uh, peak of his game, and then he got the big contract. So he's going to go naturally downhill. Think Boston Hagen and Tor Hushfold. And secondly, Oleg Tinkoff's autocratic management style will produce tactical changes that will interfere with Sagan's independence flair for racing. What do you guys think? Is this a down year for Sagan? I kind of think he's just going to be about the same. He'll be uh, kind of plateaued at this level of really, really good. Um, seems almost invincible, but doesn't ever really come through on the big classics. L- little, little people pizzato Spencer. A little something Ooh. for you there. Burn. Better than though, better than people. I don't know. What do you think, Spencer? I uh, I actually, I think he'll come on really strong with the new team. Um, 
but then completely crap out and like not have the season that he's typically had um, where he's got kind of that average good all year kind of thing. I think, I think he'll actually go so far as to, I'm going to call it right now that he wins Milan San Remo because he's got Bonatti, the secret sauce to get him over mm. the Poggio and, uh, and he'll get down and he'll have Bonatti to lead him out and he'll win Milan San Remo and he won't, he'll win just the little pitsy things here and there for the rest of the season, but nothing big. I could maybe hmm. see that. I, he could get over the Poggio and uh, take it, but I do think that Alex is onto something here with the Tinkoff uh, management uh, <laughs> idea and style that he seems like such a, a tool that he is going to interfere with Peter Sagan's uh, flair and his uh, ability to just kind of hang on to uh, the, the correct group here and there, and Tinkoff is going to want too much from the guy. So Peter Sagan is going to have another down year. Uh, are, for sure. are he well, in... Wait, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, are he and uh, Tinkoff going to have a flare-off? Is that what's going to happen? Like, who can out-showboat the other? <laughs> oh, that'd be In Eastern idea. European Neon Fest? Yeah. How's this going to work? Really good. Uh, speaking of Neon, uh, I saw a little people at people uh, interview thing earlier today on the internet somewhere, and uh, he says he's going to get it all figured out this year. He's figured out how to train again. Realizes yeah. he might need to race more. Spencer, do you think you feel like good people year? What do you think? What is his? Uh, what does Instagram account tell you? Is it going to be a well, good every, year? A lot of pictures of the, the, the computer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every year is a good people year. I'm gonna. I'll put that out there right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's you true. know, there's. You know, he's down. He's down in the sun, getting some training in. Uh, you probably go down to Dubai. You know, you want to hang out there, Qatar. Uh, do that. Do that race. Get the tan. Nice, nice hotels. Yeah. 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 And then so, he'll, you know, he'll probably pop off and win uh, Ghent uh, or uh, Head Volk or one of those races. Wishful thinking. Head Volk in the cold? Come on, that might yeah. get the shoes dirty. Well, I get the, the price you got to pay. So the uh, – any, anything else about the start of road season? Because, I mean, it, it, I don't want to really take away from the point of the whole podcast was Cyclocross Worlds. And there's so much more we could talk about Cyclocross Worlds if you wanted to get into the whole aspect of – dropping of chains and all of that excitement but we can talk about road the the, the final part that i had on it was that for if you guys noticed that Velo news has actually been becoming really good at everything like all of the reporting across the board lately has been fantastic the coverage of cyclocross worlds was fan was out it was probably the best i saw on the internet so they deserve a lot of credit for that. A few years ago, they wouldn't even have uh, sent writer, uh, writers or they wouldn't have written about it that much. So they uh, and they get a shout out for me. That's nice. nice. I've, I like to be frustrated. So I just go to Cycling News just to tick myself off. Yeah, mm. it's like Vela News has now become my uh, – besides re-listening to the Slow Ride podcast for news on professional cycling, <laughs> Vela <laughs> News and CyclingTips.com have become my um, my main – um, parts of news. I, I, I've, I've been enjoying it. That's good so, to hear. Do you guys have anything else you want to add about road or cross before we get into the biggest event of the year for a little guy around the corner? <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't uh, think you know, I do. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a big road season for America. I think, uh, our top American cyclist will have a, a great time winning Liège or something like that. Uh, Dan Martin. So look out for him. Yeah. Dan That's Martin's true. all the way, USA, USA. Um, so, guys, around the corner in Minneapolis is a, uh, a favorite event of ours, but it's an event that 
cyclists around the country get to participate in, um, no matter where they live, and that is the old-fashioned bike swap. And we are pros of the cycling swap, the flea market of flea markets, all about the bikes. And so we have a lot of uh, tips that I think we should just get into um, before we get to our Twitter questions this week. Bike swap tips. And I will start this off. My tip is profile the person as they're walking by your table. If you see a beard and they're over 45, get out the quill stems because it's probably a recumbent rider that wants to have a quill stem or something to bring them back. So it's okay to profile the rider. That That's that's key. Beard, over 45, quill stems. Hmm. Okay. So this is, a, this is a tip as a seller. Um, do you have any yes. tips like yes. as a buyer, like if you're going to a bike swap? As a buyer, let everyone know that you are that you have a ton of money that you will, will pay top. To, I'm just kidding. You don't do that. Right. Walk around, <laughs> maybe um, borrow a pair of uh, pants from your friend that's way too small for you that are high waters. Uh, you got a hole in your pocket. You look real destitute, and you play the game of like, hey, how much? Oh, really? Like that's a little bit too much. Like never, ever, ever pay what is labeled on that item that's true so so practice your puppy dog eyes that's that's your tip yes that that is a very important tip um uh, little guy you're gonna have some great tips so let's go to spencer first uh spencer what's a good (laughs) buying tip for you a buying tip okay here's here's my tip uh whenever i go to a swap i pack an extra wallet uh that's filled with like four or five ones and that's it and then I have a real wallet that's got my actual money so that okay. I can I can pull that wallet out and be like, look, guys, I don't have uh, anything more than no. – this is all I can give you. Do you and have like your high school ID like in there? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm foregoing lunch this week. Give mm. me that quill stem. I need it to complete Man, my – I need that quill you know, stem. Zeus. Uh, okay, so so I like the, the old uh, vanishing wallet trick. That's a good one. Uh, anything for selling, uh, Spencer? Uh, my my tip for selling is one that I hold near and dear to my heart, and I'm actually a little hesitant to give it away uh, because it's such a good one. It's, it's Even if you're not selling, actually, it's a good tip, is just to get there early, like rent a table, get there early, and do all your shopping before the doors open. Because yeah, I'm sorry, all you buyers, uh, you know, all the good stuff is gone before you even got there. I'm sorry. Or it's already on a new table for more money. That's also my favorite of a bike swap. Watching the, <laughs> the tri spoke wheel that was at $150 at one table, then become 200 and by the end of the day, like 350 at another. Um, little guy, the yeah. king of kings, the, the, the swap master, the swap meister of all. What are some of your tips right off the top of the bet? Uh, I got a couple, a couple really good tips here. Uh, pack a lunch if you're there Ooh. to sell, because uh, especially in Minnesota, um, all they have is pretzels and like diet, diet Coke for sale. Um, so pack a lunch or you're going to die. That's um, a really good tip. Often overlooked. To, That's why it's a problem. Yeah, really overlooked. But you want to stay fed because otherwise you're going to get desperate um, when you need a little cash to go buy one of those terrible pretzels. And you'll sell some derailleur for $5 just to get a pretzel. Um, two, <laughs> if you really want something, uh, get one of your friends to go buy it for you because you'll overpay or ruin the deal. Um, <laughs> That's another great tip. God super damn. pro tip. If you re- like, if you can't not smile when you look at something, you can't bargain. It's impossible to bargain about something that doesn't have a price on it 
if you can't just not break into the biggest grin when you see it or touch it. Um, so you're going to have to send have somebody else who can go over there and make a reasonable attempt at uh, a barter sort of thing. I feel like that tip is maybe directed towards Tim, like directly. <laughs> Well, it's also when I when I wanted that uh, Laurent Fignon poster really bad, oh. and I and I believe it didn't have a price on it, and it I didn't. couldn't have gone over there and asked um, asked that, how much they wanted for it because I would have been like, just oh how much is that poster of the greatest cycle? Oh shit! You, now, you, now I can't get it you for five dollars. I only have a hundred dollars. <laughs> I only have all. The, wait, let me check my bank account. I have. Wait, oh, wait, I have no. this card. Or what he would have yes. said is, "Let me get my real wallet." No, but the best part was is how a uh, little guy told Spencer to go get that poster, and then Spencer went up and was just kind of like looking at Dorelli. Oh, oh, is that poster yeah. for sale? He played it, it really, really well, well executed. Say. So th- that is also a good tip. Um, you know, I I, th- I think that we just helped everybody make money and save money at a bike swap. But yeah. the key is never pay what someone's asking for. And totally, my, unless my it's me. favorite. I do like the closeouts at the end. One of my favorite things at the uh, bike swaps in Minnesota is when a friend of the podcast, Gene Oberpriller of One on One Bike Shop, stands up with about – even though there's an hour and a half left in the, the the swap but no one's really buying anymore, he just stands up and holds up like a U-lock and he says, U-locks, $3. And then everyone swarms to the table and that's when you know the bike swap's over because you're never going to be able to beat that deal. So um, mm-hmm. there you have it. Brutal. So look at – can you look for a couple of items at the bike swap for me? Yeah, what do you need? I'm in, I'm interested in pricing. Um, basically, just so we know, I, I want to know what um, old VHS tapes um, are now going for at a swap. See if see if it's gotten underneath it, the dollar yet. It depends what I tape. pay for it because I'll be the only one who will be buying old uh, old uh, old cycling I, videos. I uh, I'm actually looking for the '97 tour. So if you see that one, I would really like to Ooh, get that. That's a good one. I'll keep my eyes up for that. Um, if I can find anything uh, from the '90s with Rebelin in it, I'll probably be I'll probably be paying top dollar again. That top dollar on the <laughs> stack of Slow Red Podcast dollars <laughs> is ready to go for a VHS copy of uh, Tin Tin so Rebelin winning. What's What's on your li- list this year, little guy? What are you looking for? I can't. I can't say. I can't say that on the podcast. I can't give away my game. What I What I want to spend money on? Come on, I got to keep answer. that. Close who to my who are you working for, Tim? Who paid you? <laughs> I, right, I really want to, uh, a lot of nine-speed Altegra derailers. I will pay top um, dollar. I do have uh, – um, bike racing did start here this last weekend in Florida. Friend of the podcast, Chelsea Factor, won the first women's 1-2 race of the year, the road race. And I am proud to report that she did not bring a bike to the podium. Thank you, Chelsea, for stopping the scourge that is podium bikes everywhere. And the uh, many other categories did have a podium bike. Um, Spencer, let's get to some uh, Twitter action as we wrap up the show for the big ending here. All right. Well, um, we had a, we had actually kind of an active uh, week on the Twitters. A lot of people uh, talking about the Sonicant uh, piece here that we touched on yeah. earlier. Um, Fritz and Mayo tweeted at us. It appears that. Uh, Sonicon has taken a page out of the Craig Etheridge Weiner playbook about part-time cross racers. Slow ride pod should be fun now. Um, clearly, we we hit the nail on the head there. Um, Nailed it, or tried to. Yep. Nailed it. Woof. You're welcome. Next. Yep. Uh, friend of the pod, uh, Jay Taylor Jones, in the uh, 
in the mid Atlantic there said, uh, Hey, at the slow ride pod after this week, uh, after this weekend, there's an actual Danish CX racer you can talk about on the next episode. I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly well, what that means, but we mostly, mostly avoided actually talking about him. Yeah, yeah we true. did. And we talked about a little bit. Was, yeah, that was no, a really no, well no, Cause we, we, we I just talked got about the, the podium of the, of the uh, men's race. We totally talked about him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We talked yeah. about Vanderpool and Mandahar. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking go. about. Anyway, we got all these Danish guys. It's funny because I'm Danish, but I just I don't even know where the country is. That's weird. Anyway. I just I just eat them all the time. I'm just, in the off season. I just learned something new about little guy right now. Well, that's nice. Any other uh, tweets, Spencer? Uh, yeah, we got uh, from uh, at Dan Chabanov uh, says the oh. slow ride pod lacks the silence and New York sensibilities of uh, at Gage and Desoto, but still a good listen. So, you know, I think that's a compliment. That's that's pretty I mean, good. Wait, I've never listened to Gage DeSoto. Are there lots of long pauses? It's the no, – no, uh, he's, he's a member of the Speed Metal uh, podcast, Speed Metal segment. Oh. Okay. So, my my favorite part about this, this, uh, the Speed Metal Cycling podcast, I listen to it um, every time it's published, is that they do have a pronunciation guide on their website. So their entire thing about pronouncing riders' names – the correct way is the antithesis of my entire life. And yeah. So thanks for doing that. Maybe one of these times I'll actually start using it, but uh, mm-hmm. uh speed metal mm-hmm. cycling podcast is definitely worth the listen. Yep. Good, good stuff. And uh, yeah. And then the, uh, the final exciting kind of uh, tweet that we have here is uh, um, a conversation that started and uh, ended uh, strangely enough with uh, at Neil Rogers from uh, Vela news fame uh he was the editor there at vela news and now over at global cycling network um basically saying name our time and place and uh he would uh, answer some questions on the slow ride podcast what kind of questions hey, do we yeah, ask right. this guy i mean he's like he's big ticket like results I, boy can't even hold a candle to him i don't know i don't know he could be he could be our third most famous he guest easily or something? yeah <laughs> So good. we're gonna have to come up with some some tricky softball, I mean curveball questions uh, to really send the Velenews guy. After can you uh, throw Tim, a curveball in softball? That's a question. Prob- Let's oh, ask sure. him. Yeah, that could be. All right, we'll ask him. That's the first one I think. Starter. So you can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail dot com. We're on Twitter at the slow ride pod. Our website the slow ride podcast dot com. We're on Facebook. But most importantly, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we didn't get any reviews this week, but we love getting reviews. It really helps our rankings. Uh, maybe someday we can just cash in a lot of money. Otherwise, we're going to have to start charging you for this and just leave us a review. Then <laughs> it's free. Um, we're going to come thanks to your for listening. take your pocket change. <laughs> yeah, use it at the dear, swap. Dear listeners, pack a fake wallet. Tim will never know. <laughs> As always, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we will talk at you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
We're still up in debate if video recording of this podcast is actually going to help improve it or make it worse because we see what is going on over um, off of Columbus Avenue in South Minneapolis. It's Oakland. Oh, I mean Oakland <laughs> Avenue. Uh, so second place oh, at crap, the – Oh, crap. My battery is going to die. Hold on. <laughs>